Hello, thanks so much for tuning in to our podcast. I'm Michael Grant, Senior Pastor of Faith Worship Center International right here in Columbus, Georgia. Today, I'd like to share a word straight from God that's just for you. I hope you're prepared. Grab your pen, paper, your tablet. Most importantly, grab your Bible, your sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And let's prepare to take notes on what God has to share with you on today. I'm excited for you because you're about to grow to a greater place of faith in God. Let's tune into the word. Well, this month, God is giving me a topic, a series to share with you that I've been excited about since the start of the year 2021, uh, because the banner of this year is we overcome, uh, but it's difficult to overcome, to be, be victorious if you don't know the strategy in order to walk from a place of contention or some might even say defeat into a place of victory. Mere statement of the term overcoming means that there's something that you must conquer. There's an obstacle standing before you. There's resistance of some manner. And I don't know about you, but if if I faced opposition in my past years, I've wanted to know. I've wanted to know who my adversary was, because if I can know my adversary, I can plan and prepare. There's an old saying that says, if you don't plan, then you do plan, but your plan is to fail. And I don't think that's God's desire for us. I think his desire for us is to truly overcome as he has uh, spoken to us at the start of this year, 2021. But specifically, the banner for this month is the strategy that we must employ in order to truly overcome, regardless of what we face, regardless of what the opposition, what the resistance, what the adversary we overcome. And the Bible says, by the blood of the lamb. That's our banner for this year. Somebody say, we overcome by the blood of the lamb. If you're watching via live stream, now would be a good time to write down that note, to post that in the thread, to say it all together. Once again, we overcome by the blood of the lamb. Now, we've, we've uh, recognized before that our banner scripture for this year speaks of that reality or speaks of that revelation because Revelation chapter 12, verse 11 is our focal point for the year 2021. I want us to read this together so that we can see that these are the words of Jesus as a John the Apostle on the Isle of Patmos, caught up in the spirit on the Lord's day, gets a revelation of who Jesus is and what he has done even since time began. The Bible says in Revelation chapter 12, verse number 11, let's read it together, ready, read. And they overcame him, how? Uh huh. And what else? They employed the strategy of overcoming or having overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony so convincingly that they didn't even give a care about life no more. They knew that their life was taken care of. It wasn't that they were careless, but they cast their cares upon the lamb who was slain so that they might live. Somebody say, I've already overcome. 
But in order for us to overcome, we must employ the strategy that God has made available to us. And the focus that I'd like to put this month is the portion that speaks of the blood of the lamb. Now, last year in the year 2020, God gave us the, the, the revelation of the spoken word, which connects with the second portion of the strategy that God gave us for 2021, where it says, and they overcame by the word of their testimony. Somebody say, I got to say something. I got to speak those things that be not as though they were. God is the, is the type of uh, being or deity that calls those things that be not as though they were. So regardless of what we see when we wake up in the morning, we may see uh, lack. We may experience infirmity. But regardless of what we see, face, or experience, what we say directs our lives. Man, don't get me to reteach in 2020. That message blessed me. I can take my words and frame my life and my situation may not look good. It may look bleak or difficult, but at the commandments of my words, as I declare his decree, I'm able to experience a new and better thing. Somebody say the word of our testimony. That's a part of the strategy, but it's important that we, the same manner we grasp a revelation, somebody say a revelation, a revelation, that means a greater understanding, the, the, the truth behind the statement, the, the, the inner workings of what causes my words to give me life. The more I grasp a revelation, the same way I grasp a revelation of the spoken word in the year 2020, I must now grasp a revelation. Somebody say a revelation of the blood of the lamb. Now, in the in the charismatic church, we have sayings, slogans, phrases that we just put out in the atmosphere in faith. Uh, but oftentimes when we say them in faith, we don't we don't have a conviction with that faith so that when trouble comes to contest our faith. Uh, I believe it was Minister David that wrote the song, uh, I must contend for my faith. When it's time to fight for what we believe in, if our faith is not built upon God's word and a revelation of what we're believing, then we might lose something that has already been created for us to win. You ever been in a situation where you knew something, uh, but you didn't remember why or how you learned it? And so people start giving you this new information and it causes you perhaps to question what you knew to be confident in your life. I don't act like you always been just that smart, that confident, that convinced of the things of God. There are certain things that the enemy come to try and test. Well, he did it to Jesus in Luke chapter four. He said, if thou be then why don't you do this? And Jesus had to have, somebody say, a revelation. He had to have a clear understanding. He had to know the depths of why not to be led astray by the missayings of the enemy, but to lock into revelation. So we must, if we're going to overcome in the year 2021, we must grasp an, a revelation of the blood of the lamb. Somebody say the blood of the lamb. Before we get to the blood of the lamb, let's just get a revelation of blood itself. Uh, understand this blood is a bodily fluid and this is just common knowledge blood is a bodily fluid that transports both nutrients oxygen wastes and toxins both to and from cells and organs within the body somebody say a revelation of blood uh, blood is uniquely a fluid that man does not know how to create so lends to the fact that blood has always been of a divine essence. 
Ah, doctors and physicians, they know how to manipulate. They know how to work with. They know how to uh, uh, extract and, and, and dissect blood. But they have yet to learn how to uh, create this, this, this uh, divine resource that only God himself. So much so that if you get low in your blood, all the doctor has the ability to do is ask somebody else. Is there anybody who's willing to give blood so that they might live? Oh, I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm starting to get excited. Uh, yeah, because that's because blood it's of a divine nature it's something that God himself created which means anything that God creates that man cannot recreate or procreate we must understand that he created it for a divine purpose so God gave us blood from the very beginning and 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 it gave it he gave it so that uh, we could have life Oftentimes we uh, we equate life to breath and breath has its place in life. We're going to talk about that later on throughout the month, uh, the, how there are three that bear witness in the earth, uh, the, the spirit, the water and the blood. Uh, so, so there are many different. There are threefold like God is a triune being. There are threefold things that give life in the earth, breath, water and blood. And so we must understand uh, that God gave them for the purpose of life but specifically this strategy that he's given us in this month we must understand the revelation of blood Uh, in order to do so let's go to Leviticus chapter 17 uh, verse number 11 Leviticus chapter 17 verse number 11 don't get all in a tizzy because we go into the book of the old covenant and that book Leviticus it makes some of us cringe because we realize all of the protocol that goes into honoring and worshiping and serving and living for a God who demands excellence from this excellent creation that he created Uh, when you start combing through that you get a little nervous because you realize "Mm, uh, that ain't how I worship (laughs) somebody say thank God for Jesus (laughs) yes indeed who fulfilled the old covenant and created and presented us with a new covenant, one that is uh, uh, quite more simple to fulfill. It's simply just loving him and loving his people. Uh, But Leviticus chapter 17 verse number 11 helps us gain a greater understanding of the revelation of the blood. The Bible says uh, that for the life, this is this is God giving Moses the instructions to the people, to his chosen people as to how they are to bring offerings unto a holy God, a flawed pre- people bringing an offering of sacrifice to a holy, a sanctified, a flawless God. He says uh, uh, that they should bring it a certain way. Uh, jump, jumping in mid conversation here, he says in verse number 11, for the life of the flesh is in the what? Is in the blood. There you go. So you see that blood gives life. Let me hear you say that. Blood gives life. So we need blood. We need blood in order to live as earthlings here below. Amazingly, Jesus was the only man who was able to live in the earth without blood. Uh, I can't go there yet. <laughs> how? Please explain to me how the law of earth for living creatures was that they had to have blood in them. But Jesus shed his blood and yet he appeared to his disciples after having fulfilled his passion with no blood. Had to be because he was the creator, the giver, the former, the fashioner of blood. Ah, man, he could only give what he was. And when he gave his blood, he gave his life. Leviticus explains to us that that blood, that the life of the body is in the blood. Somebody say blood is life. 
blood is life. Blood is life. And so it's important for us to, reality, to, to, to connect the reality of what blood does for me. My blood is supposed to. Somebody say it's supposed to. It's supposed to perpetuate. I gave you the definition. It's supposed to transport nutrient, oxygen, spirit, pneuma, breath. It's supposed to make sure that the breath that God breathed into me gets not only down into the fluids, but it gets down into the organs. The reason my lungs function is because not only do I have air but I have blood that continues to cleanse and purify and and cause life to continually flow through me somebody say there's life in the blood and we find that because that blood uh, it transport the good it's also supposed to do away with the bad Somebody say, but where did this bad come from? Where, where did these toxins, this waste come from? We see this first example in Genesis chapter number three around verse number six, where God in Genesis two told humanity, don't eat of that fruit of that tree of the knowledge of good and evil, because it has something in it that your blood is going to take and it's going to transport all over your body. You're going to wake up to things that you had no real, no reality that were supposed to be a part of your life. He says, in the day, this is Genesis 2 and 17, in the day that you eat thereof, ain't going to be no question what's going to happen. Life will have an expiration date and you will surely die. Check it in your own time. And in the moment that man, watch, sins or misses the mark, disobeys the instruction that God gives him, immediately there becomes an expiration date to what was created to be eternal. Why? Because disobedience bred contaminants and that fluid called blood, all it knew to do was carry what you put on the inside of yourself. Can I warn anybody in here today to be careful what you let in your gates? Be careful what you allow yourself to be exposed to because just because it comes in as a gas, it might get transformed into a fluid and get perpetuated all throughout your body. COVID-19, can I use it to explain to you today? There's a reason that they don't give you an aerosol to be vaccinated from COVID-19. And why do they not give you an aerosol? Because some kind of way that respiratory droplet gets down in your blood and it goes all throughout your body and does as much damage as it possibly can. So the antidote has to come through the blood. Oh, God Almighty. Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. I wish we could catch this thing here. The antidote has always had to come through through the blood. Somebody say, the blood, the blood, the blood, the blood. It always got to come through the blood. Oh, help us, Jesus. And so we see this contaminant coming into uh, this life-giving blood, and now it's unable to do away with the sin that we've allowed as authority figures in the earth. In Genesis chapter 1 and 2 and 3 that we've allowed to take place in the earth, this contaminant called disobedience causes our blood to no longer be pure. And we all are now born in sin and shaped in iniquity. And this blood that was called to give us life is now perpetuating death by way of sin. Well, we know that to be true. The Bible, Paul said it this way in Romans 6, 23, the wages of sin is death. Yeah, the gift of God is eternal life. Thank God for that. But we must first acknowledge why there's a need for a replacement of that wage that we have earned. We've all earned it. Come on, stop looking at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. Some of us sin this morning. Some of us sin out in the parking lot on our way into the church. Some of us sin right now in your mind. You probably listen to what I'm saying. You think about something altogether different. Some of you watching right now, you got the TV over there and the live stream right here. I rebuked you in the name. 
we all sin. We all miss the mark. Come on, act like you know what I'm talking about. Even if we get a 99 on our test, there's still a point that we miss, which means we sin. We miss. We miss the mark. And so somebody say we all have an issue. Yeah. So today I want to encourage you today by letting you know that your issue is your blood. Yeah, your issue is your blood. I know you think it was that. I know you think it was that husband the Lord gave you. I know you think it was that wife that the Lord had the audacity to put by. I know you think it was them wayward children that made me just have to cuss when I said I was going to stop cussing. Them heathen kids you gave me. I know we thought those were our issues. But can I submit to you that your issue has always been in your blood? And so, and so the reason that, that we must look to God is because he has always required an atonement for sin. Anytime we miss the mark, he requires a payment. I know you look at the God who's the loving God, who's the forgiving God, the New Testament God, and we want to forget about the fact that the Old Testament God even existed. Uh, but the reality is the God of the Old Covenant is the God of the New Covenant who has been appeased by the atonement that he made by his own power. God Almighty, I wish I could teach that for a moment. But nonetheless, we must acknowledge, if we're going to gain a revelation, somebody say a revelation of the blood, then we must acknowledge that because of sin, there is a demand for an atonement, a price to be paid so that we who have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, that we might be able to be redeemed and that atonement might be made. Let's look back at Leviticus 11 again, and I want you to see what specifically requirement God requires as an atonement for sin that we commit by way of our soul. Are you back at Leviticus 17 and 11? Say yes. Okay, so the first part states, for the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar, says the Lord, to make and say it, atonement, right? That, if you can break that, that word down, it says at one meant. You are always meant to be at one with God, but sin separated us. And so he himself had to make us at oneness again with him through an atonement. The true definition of atonement at one meant simply means you better make amends. You better fix it. You better get it right. Look at your neighbor and say, you better get it right. You better fix it. Well, the truth of the matter is we ourselves cannot fix it. We ourselves cannot make it right because what he requires as an atonement or um, an amends or an at one meant, if we keep reading, the Bible says, for it is the blood that maketh an atonement for the soul. So here's what God is teaching in, to, to his chosen people, Israel, by way of Moses. He's saying, I want blood for your sins. Woo! manner of God is this that demands life for the sake of us giving access to death in the earth. This is a, a God who demands judgment, who demands repayment. He demands that there be an intercessor to stand up. Somebody going to pay for this. He's that manager at Walmart that got that representative at the door checking your receipt to make sure everything you leave out that store with you done paid for. You know what I'm talking about. The one that get on your nerve because you done put your, your receipt in your pocketbook or in your wallet that says, excuse me, excuse me, stop at the door. Stop at the door. Stop at the door. Let me see your seat. <laughs> Not receipt. Let me see your seat. <laughs> 
Because I want to see these valuables that you are walking out of here like they belongs to you. I want to see if a price has been paid. I demand an atonement for you taking all of my goods out of this store. That's the God that we serve. He loves us. He so loved us that he gave an atonement so that whosoever would believe. But before we get to love, somebody say the price had to be paid. And the price had to be given in blood. Somebody say blood has always been the the cost. Blood has always been the cost. And so we understand now why Jesus, the Messiah, uh, was, was, had to consider whether or not he was going to come and shed his blood for us because God didn't want him to just come and live a perfect life. Stay with me. I know that, that's a part of it. But God didn't just want him to come and be the word made flesh. He can't, Watch. The word says, Revelation 13, that he was the lamb slain From the foundation, the reason that Christ came was because he had to shed his blood. And I don't care how much you cry about it, Jesus. I don't care how much you ask me if there's anybody else anywhere in the earth that can give her this. What I care about is I want to see my price paid. Jesus had to give his life. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for your bloodshed. Watch, watch, stay with me. Because the blood had to be shed as an atonement for our soul, for our sins. Here's another level that we must understand revelatorily concerning blood. Ready? That atonement must be without blemish. Ah, man. So you can't just, it couldn't have just been any old Joe, Tom, Dick, or Harry to try and figure out if they were going to be the one that would be the atonement. This atonement had to be without blemish all throughout the Old Testament. You want a revelation of the blood? You want a revelation of the blood? All right, let's get it here. He says he says all throughout the Old Testament, you'll see as as throughout the book of Leviticus, Exodus, on throughout the the, the, even the the book of the Kings and the Chronicles. It is chronicled that any time a sacrifice is made as a temporary atonement for the sins of the people, they had to get the lamb that was without blemish. Somebody say without blemish. Watch, God ain't changed his mind about that, y'all. Even in uh, Ephesians chapter 5, verse number 27, we see Paul, the apostle, sharing with the church of Ephesus, the New Testament church. He says, God is coming for a church that is without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, one that is without blemish. God will not receive just any old tainted blood as a sacrifice unto him. God says, I am holy, so if you want to be at oneness with me, you better present something unto me that's like me. So again, now we got an issue. Because all of us, from the microphone to the parking lot, from the White House to the outhouse, all the little sayings that we say in this world, I don't care where we sit in this world, we all have tainted blood because of sin. So we see that there's a need now of an atonement. Now we understand why Jesus came. Because there had to be someone that was without blemish to become a sacrifice, an atonement for our sin, for our issue. And the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.21, I want you to see this one. I want you to see this. Jesus came. He lived a flawless life. Did not sin at all. Came as the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. And he made himself to be the atonement for sin. Watch. The Bible says, for he hath made him to be sin for who? 
Come on, act like you read that. Come on, say, he has made us to be sin for who? Watch. Who knew no sin. Now, is he talking about us who knew no sin? No, he's talking about Christ, the lamb slain. We see that where it says, verse 20, and now we are ambassadors of Christ. As we pray you in Christ's stead, be reconciled to God. For God made Christ to be sin for us because he knew no sin that we might be the righteousness of God in him. So Christ comes and he takes on sin because there was no sin in him. Think about the words that Jesus would state state, uh, concerning the adversary. He said, "When when the devourer come, let him come. Why? Because he will find nothing in me. My blood is pure. <laughs> Hallelujah. Boy, I can't wait to deal with that in depth. Come back next Sunday. I'm going to have to deal with that thing because my blood is pure. There's no contaminants in this blood. That's why we plead the blood of Jesus. That's why we don't kill goats and lambs no more. We plead the blood of Jesus because he was the only human to have pure blood, the only human to have blood that was not tainted by sin. He was the only one worthy to be the atonement for sin. Why am I going with this? Here's what I'm saying. The world is working overtime to try and extract and exclude Jesus from religion. They're doing all they can to try and have a relationship with God without the one who came to make us at one with God. And my issue with that is, okay, you want, I don't mind the fact that you want to be in relationship with God, but realize no other being was even willing to give of their blood to be an atonement for us. The cults didn't do it. The occult didn't do it. No philosophy, no new age, no wicked. None of those was willing to say, I understand that you want to be spiritual and be in a relationship with God. So we'll live without fault and we will present ourselves as a living sacrifice, as an atonement to God. Didn't even try it. No other religion. Come on, act like y'all know what I'm talking about in here. I want to name them. So did y'all. No atheists, no agnostics, no occults, no new age. None of those were willing to step up to the plate and be a flawless uh, uh, atonement for our sin. There was no Mormons with John Smith and his doctrine. There was no Jehovah's Witness with the Watch Hour started by Charles Russell. There was no Judaism. Moses couldn't do it. There was no Islam, no Muslim with the Quran and Muhammad. Buddhism couldn't do it through teaching their suffering. Hinduism couldn't do it by teaching if you do your dharma you'll get your karma nobody is willing to step up to the plate but jesus and you want to exclude his name he didn't come for the church jesus didn't come for the saved he said i don't come for those who don't need a physician i'm coming for the ones who need salvation and you want to exclude him This is why our stance must be one of strength where we got to stand firm and say, I don't care what you believe. I'm not being swayed and I'm not going back down and I'm not going to remove the name of Jesus from my faith. And you can try all you want to, that you can call God the universe. You can call him the creator. You can call him whatever you want to call him. But the name that I choose to call upon is the name that's above every other name. And that name is Jesus. They might not have pronounced it Jesus. They might have pronounced it Yeshua. They might have called him Emmanuel. They might have called him Prince of Peace, Mighty God, Counselor, Wonder. I don't know what they called him, but I know his name and I refuse to extract his name. Because his name is what gives me my atonement. The blood is the issue and only Jesus was willing to fix the issue. I got to close here. There was a woman in Mark chapter 5 who had an issue. 
Ah, this woman had an issue, and her issue was her blood. And she understood that the issue was of her blood. In your own time, read verses 25 through 29 of Mark chapter 5. You'll realize that this woman, for 12 years, spent all she had to address her issue. She tried every doctor. She tried every friend. She tried every uh, woman cleanse. I don't want to act all nasty up in here, but she tried everything she could try, and it didn't work. But then she heard. Somebody say she heard. The name Jesus. God Almighty, I wish I could preach in here. She heard of a man that came who had the ability to set the captive free. She heard of a man who was causing the blinded eyes to be open. She heard of a man who was causing the lame to walk. And she heard of a man who caused dead, whose blood had been dried up to the point that it was stinking, to call them out of their miry tomb and say, Lazarus, come forth. And he lived and his blood, hallelujah, was renewed. Why? She heard of him. She said, shoot, I done tried all I could try to get my blood right. I got this issue flowing out of me. And she said, I tell you what I'm going to do. If I can just touch uh, even the hem of it, if I can just touch his clothes, I ain't got to get his blood on me. I just like to touch what's touching him. Listen to me. When you're in your hard place, you might not be able to get to church. You might not be able to get your pastor on the phone. You might not even be able to get to your prayer partner. But if you can just reach out and touch, call on the name of Jesus, for by which no other name shall men be saved. Somebody say, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. This woman had an issue. She had an issue. And she said she knew within herself uh, that she was going to have to overcome this issue. But it was only through all of her trying to all of her laboring through spending look at look back at Leviticus chapter number 15 when you get time start at verse number 19 on down through verse number 33 and you'll see how costly of a life it was for a woman who had an issue of blood she had to go and she had to separate herself for seven days and then when she came back if a blood issue was still going she had to sanctify herself again and she had to do away with all of her belongings if the blood got on the bed she had to do away with the bed if the blood touched her boo he had to now go and sanctify himself if the blood got on children they were now unclean the blood was costly it was costly for 12 years this woman endured a costly uh, 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 a draining issue it was calling her causing her to lose her very, her very confidence as a woman she came to understand who Jesus was Realized that the atonement had come to deal with her issue. And in that moment, one touch from the purest of the pure. One touch in faith. Listen to me. This series that God gives me to teach is going to take your faith now. Because you're going to think, oh, that's just, I, I done had blood all this time. I done been calling on the name of Jesus all this time. Yeah, but if you don't call with a revelation... The psalmist said it this way. That's just sounding brass and tinkling cymbal. That's why Solomon said this. He understood. He said, in all of your getting, you better get an understanding. Because if you can understand the inner workings or the behind the scenes as to why God, when you call upon the, the atonement of the blood to cleanse you and make you whole, I don't care what the doctor says. I don't care what the diagnosis is, whether they have an answer for it or not. The blood still works. The blood has power. The blood gives life. The blood of Jesus has the ability to overshadow every DNA and cell that your parents got. God, I don't get ahead of yourself. Don't get ahead of yourself. But you got to have a revelation of the blood. So Jesus, Jesus, Jesus chose 
to give his life for our lives by way of his blood so that we could gain benefit from the strategy that was prophesied in Revelations chapter 12, verse number 11. That once we understand the power in his blood, that we would now overcome by the blood of the lamb. The word of our testimony. I thank God for the blood. Wow, what a message. What a word, man. I just love God's word. It's so empowering, so impactful. It causes us to be exactly what God wants us to be. I hope you enjoyed that message. As a matter of fact, if you'd like to catch us via our live stream, you can do so by going to our website, www.michaelgrantministries.net on Sundays at 11.30 a.m. or Tuesdays at 7.15 p.m., both Eastern Standard Time. Until next time, I pray that you stay strong in your faith and in all that God is speaking in your life, you have exactly what you say.